0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield from the Nebraska State Fair as we talk with Arlen Suderman of FC Stone. It is a Wednesday, and here at the State Fair, we have got a big screen, and everybody's been walking by Arlen looking at the prices and happy to see some green for these greens.
1: Certainly so. And to see Kansas City wheat up over 20 cents and December up 22 cents uh, as we finished up trade was certainly a positive, that I'm sure. Uh, gave a little glimmer of hope to a lot of farmers today. Uh, the primary driver was uh, a recycle of a rumor that we've heard before. Um, and that's the way things go when you do business with Russia uh... there's chatter in the cash market once again that russia may curb exports using an export tax uh... the source of that rumor seems to be a letter sent out by the ministry of ag after it met with all exporters on the seventeenth of august it apparently asked them to uh... submit their export data as they exported to uh... document that so the russia knew how much was going out the country apparently some companies were not reporting their export data and so um the ministry of ag sent a new letter out uh, today um threatening them saying that uh, if there are export duties then those not reporting will be the first to feel the pain and so that start that kind of reignited this rumor that there will be curbed at 25 million metric tons um of wheat, 30 million metric tons of grain overall. And, uh, whether that's the case or not, uh, the Ministry of Ag won't comment on it. Um, but, uh, whether that's the case or not is probably going to hinge on how the 2019 crop goes in the ground. They've been very dry in their winter wheat belt in Russia and Ukraine. In fact, much of Europe, but, uh, Ukraine and Russia are particularly dry over the last 30 days. Yeah and there's not much relief seen for the next 10 to 15 days either. Some of the weather models show some chances out in the third or fourth week out, but confidence is very low in those models, and so that is a concern. They really need to get their wheat planted in the month of September. uh, In that region of the world with their harsh winters, they need three to four weeks of development to develop a good root system to go through the harsh winters, and so if they get it planted in early October, that leaves them at risk of not getting that root system developed. So that's something that's being watched closely. I think we saw a lot of short covering and some bargain buying come in today. So whether we can sustain this kind of strength or not, I think, is questionable near term until we know more about how things pan out with planting the 2019 crop. But it provided a lot of excitement for today.
0: You know, Russia's been in the news a lot lately, especially when it looks like they're trying to to help change China out with some soybean acres into 2019.
1: Yeah, certainly so. And uh, it just shows that we're a global market now. And what happens around the globe has a big impact on uh, farming here in the, in the plains, in the central and northern plains. And uh, y- you have to follow what's going on more than just in the U.S. markets.
0: Are we concerned, um, are you thinking thoughts with with the crop moving along as quickly as it is? Some guys might be caught off guard, not have some marketing plans in place because they figured they still had a couple of weeks before harvest
1: this is not a time to be going on the emotions of the markets because how the news swings things one way or the other it's certainly a time when we need to look at the business aspect of the farm and uh, farming's is one of the best ways of life that there is and uh, we want to be able to protect the business of farming so that we can enjoy that lifestyle on the farm and for the kids and the grandkids as well um, but when you look at the risks that we have certainly we look look at the wheat market i think we're seeing the exporters right now really push wheat out the door as fast as they can to avoid any potential export uh, t- uh, taxes down the road <clears throat> so once they do kind of get their exportable supplies out then i think that'll allow the black sea prices to go up and as the black sea prices go up world prices to go up although there's certainly no guarantees corn and soybeans now certainly feeling the pressure of expectations. Of a big crop. We will be releasing our private, uh, our client survey estimates on the size of this year's corn and soybean crops tomorrow afternoon um our numbers were essentially the closest to usda in the august report of course the market now in recent days has been reacting to the bearish numbers that came out of the pro farmer estimate um and i think the big focus is on those soybean numbers so right now the market's focused on the supply side of the balance sheet for corn and soybeans and until we get a handle on just what the size of the crop is i think that's going to be the story and once that happens then They can start switching to the demand side which looks a little better for corn than it does for soybeans
0: well i was reading earlier saying that the basis for for soybeans for example is supposed to continue to see more pressure and then throw in these heavy rains that have hit areas uh, of iowa we know it caused for some issues for the farm progress show so looking at that are we going to continue to see pressure in the coming weeks
1: Well, harvest pressure is going to start early this year. Um, Of course, we'll get a lot of private production estimates here in the days ahead, starting with ours. Uh, but then the harvest pressure hits. So, but my experience is a lot of times in those years when you get that uh expectations of big crop and an early harvest, you kind of get it off all the bad news flushed out of the market early and you allow the market to start recovering a little bit sooner. So hopefully that'll be the case once again this year and we can start seeing a nice uh post-harvest recovery.
0: Lots of things producers need to think about, and um, obviously, as we move over to the grain complex after the break, some things to watch for there as well. Well, stick around, folks. We are at the Nebraska State Fair. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Arlen Suderman is joining us. Looked, of course, at the first half at a lot of issues from a global perspective. We'll look at the uh, grain side, or livestock side, excuse me, coming up, and a question from a producer here at the State Fair. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network. Is. welcome back to the Fontenelle final bell here on the rural radio network i'm susan littlefield as arlen suderman joins us with fc stone we're going to switch gears or jump the gate and talk some livestock and obviously a lot of talk of all this trade discussion i know that mexico is on that gentleman's handshake but hogs we saw you know just two days ago some good strong reaction yesterday it seemed to go the other way are we going to continue to see this seesaw until everything's in black and white arlen
1: yeah and and the market reacted i think with some short covering and some initial excitement about the news of that agreement with mexico we saw the limit up move and as you said it kind of died pretty quick and and that's because the reality is is we still have a surplus of hogs right now in the here and present and if you look at this trade agreement with mexico we still have no indication of when the tariffs might be lifted Um, The agreement itself, if it gets submitted to Congress by Friday, which is the goal, hopefully Canada will be a part of it. um, It still has 90 days before Congress has to approve it and so that means we're talking late November and really may not have much impact on 2018 anymore maybe 2019 Uh, the other big story is uh, of course the African swine fever in China with the Chinese hog herd and we'd got some strength from that but here again we're probably talking sometimes in 2019 before our exports are positively influenced by the problems there so when we at the hog market overall we have big upfront supplies that the market's trying to deal with we still have to deal with some capacity issues this fall uh, it looks better longer term with stronger demand on the export front as we go into 2019 but right now the concern is getting through these current supplies and that's why the market pulled back once again because the cash market just continues to tumble
0: is there concerns arlen with the number of plants that went online earlier this year not being able to to keep up or or maybe be slowing down with the ebb and flow that we've seen within these hogs?
1: Yeah, it just depends on where you're at and of course you can't move around the hogs across the country to reach a plant that may have some space so it's uh, capacity issues on a regional basis that we're going to have to watch as we go through the fall this is the time of year when supply tends to be come up big here in the coming months and uh, so that's what we're monitoring
0: what about for the cash for these hogs can we expect lower prices to continue this week
1: Boy, we're already seeing them drop <laughs> much lower than what was anticipated, uh, but the momentum is to the downside, and we haven't seen that slow too much yet. And uh, so I, I guess we have to go with momentum at this point and uh, um, be wary and protect against that risk.
0: Over to the livestock side, and you and I talked about this before we started the, the final bell today. Uh, producer Grower Stomping here to say, There was that case, a positive test of atypical BSE, not much of a a blip on the, the U.S. radar when it came to the markets.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I think the response to that is cattle closed higher today. Um, so it's not really a concern, atypical, more of a natural uh, and, and naturally found type of a problem in this case. So it doesn't seem to be concerning the markets too much, and I think it'll quickly pass here in the days ahead as far as a, a headline maker.
0: Seeing the green on the screen for the grains, does that put some pressure on our feeder cattle?
1: It certainly does, um, although when you look at the corn prices, only fractionally higher at the end of the day. Um, overall, I think that even though fats finished a little bit higher on the day, August more significantly trying to converge with the cash. Um, overall, there's still a sense that uh, we may still have the uh, summer lows behind us, still ahead of us yet. And we haven't confirmed the summer lows in the cash. And I think that's weighing on the feeder cattle complex. They want to see that confirmed. We're very dependent right now on export demand. We need to be able to sustain that and keep it going. And uh, there's just some overall skittishness in this market right now.
0: For the live cattle, the trade has kind of been on the sluggish side. And you're going to continue to see that for the month of August?
1: Yeah, that's particularly the concern in the north. Uh, Where we have more cattle relative to demand, the south is performing a little bit better. Uh, And uh, so I think particularly with a shortened slaughter week next week, we've got to get through this week and see how we do. Overall, I'm still impressed with demand. And I think as our slaughter numbers drop off, we'll benefit from that. Um, But near term, we need to see that those lows are behind us.
0: Has the Labor Day holiday been factored into these prices for the livestock when it comes to movement amongst the meat counter?
1: I I think it is, and I think that's why we saw some weakness today, simply pricing in uh, the shorter work week that's coming up next week, which is going to pull back on those slaughter numbers as we uh, go through the week.
0: All right, Arlen, what is the best way for folks to reach you to talk some more markets?
1: intlfcstone.com or see me on Twitter at twitter.com slash arlenff101.
0: That is the Fontenelle Final Bell. Thanks to Fontenelle and all the Fontenelle dealers from the Nebraska State Fair. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.
1: You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.